We're diving into part two of our series on setting healthy boundaries. That's coming up next. Fostering Marriage Podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you keep your marriage the priority and make fostering fit into it. Today, we are picking up our series on setting healthy boundaries with family and friends. We talked about this last month. This can be one of the hardest things for people to do, but it is one of the most important Yeah, so doing a little review here, um, a difference between walls, boundaries, healthy boundaries. Walls are things that you build up to protect yourself, to keep people out. They're often not communicated. They're just not communicated at all with people. I would use moats. You know, or moats. Like you, that's a lot of digging. (laughs) And where do you get all that water, like for a moat? Or is it just a ditch, you know, if you can't fill it up with water? I need, I need water. It just sounds water and a crocodile. Really difficult. Boundaries. Or you're trying to set a healthy boundary, but it's not being protected. Or you won't stay intact. People won't respect it. Or the way that you're trying to set, you're not setting a healthy boundary. You actually may be setting a boundary that's very controlling with someone. And it's an unhealthy setting of a boundary. And then lastly, you have healthy boundaries. Well-communicated, gentle, all the way up to firm boundaries that are actually held and respected. So that's the difference between walls, boundaries, and healthy boundaries. Again, why is this so important? Because your marriage is team number one, and you need to protect it. And you need to learn to have healthy boundaries also with one another. Yeah. You also want to protect your health, whether that's your emotional, mental, or physical health. And you want to protect that against unhealthy people, opinions, toxic behaviors, all that kind of negativity you want to set those boundaries with. Yeah, otherwise, because it causes a lot of conflict within your marriage. It causes unhealth in you. It can build up toxicity within yourself and within your marriage. And then worst of all, it causes unhealth, bad health within your home, including in your kids, as things ripple effect through you. Yeah, and disunity. If you don't have, oh, so much disunity in your marriage. But then you become unhealthy, your marriage becomes unhealthy, and then, then what becomes unhealthy? Your children. Mm-hmm. Because they're now experiencing unhealthy parents because the parents aren't setting healthy boundaries relationally in their life. And again, that's what we're talking about here. Healthy boundaries can be set with your time, your work time, and your and the rest of your personal life. They can be set with um, like you time when you need replenishment time and family time. We're talking about here... Our context is setting healthy boundaries with people in your life and and whether that's family or whether that's friends. Yeah, and while we're talking about setting boundaries specifically with family or friends, the fact is you can use this information if you need to set boundaries in your marriage or with your children. It's all about relationships. The, The advice applies everywhere. So let's get into some signs of healthy boundaries. You want to lead us into that? Okay, so some signs of healthy boundaries are you protect yourself from being taken advantage of. You have margin in your life and you are not overcommitting yourself. You have respectful communication with other people. And I love that that is respectful communication. You know, we're talking about healthy boundaries here, so it's not just communication. You have strong self-worth. You have close and trusting relationships. 
You only take responsibility for what you should. In the last episode, we talked a little bit about, you know, my personality and how I can tend to take responsibility for other people's feelings and emotions. That's not a healthy boundary. You should only take responsibility for what you should. You can say no when you need to say no. You can set limits for others and not feel guilty. You have a strong sense of identity and know who you are. You can understand that you cannot heal other people and you can't change them. You can only be responsible for you. And finally, you communicate clearly what you need and what you want. Yeah, so those are all, again, those are all signs that you have healthy boundaries in your life. So that's kind of a checklist. A lot of you all may have heard that and been like, oh, wow, I'm doing really great. Or you heard one or two where you can improve. You may have heard, man, I don't have any of that. None of that is present, which brings us to signs of potentially unhealthy boundaries in your life. One is that you allow yourself to be used. You allow yourself to be taken advantage of, and you know it. You overcommit your time um, or you overcommit to other people because you're constantly like, yep, I'm going to be there. Yep, I can do that. Yep, I'm over here. Yep, I can be... Because you just cannot say no to people. Sometimes in some family cultures that say you you marry into a family and then you're the type that's like, you come from a family that has really great healthy boundaries, so you know the word no. But you've married a spouse that is like, you told you told my mother no? You told my father no? I'm like, wow, I've never done that. And you're going to probably see that's why your spouse struggles a lot in those relationships because they feel like they just can't say no for whatever those those negative assumptions or reasons are going to be, but that may not be you. Another is that you actually, you live with low self-worth and your held identity is one of unworthiness mm. or that you just feel bad. People always end up in that place because they have had very bad relationships. They've been treated so poorly and they've never had healthy boundaries with very toxic people that they have learned to hold an identity of, I'm just a bad person. And I live with just my identity is shame and my identity is not being good enough. It's a sign of actually unhealthy boundaries or you're really critical of yourself. You beat yourself up a lot. Another one is that you feel exhausted and burnt out regularly. Um, that exhaustion may come from people. It's not just from exercise. It's not just from <laughs> actually your work that you do. You feel exhausted because certain people exhaust you in your life. Another one is you have a hard time saying the very short word of no. Because you're a people pleaser or fear holds you back or whatever it may be. Another one is you feel guilty for trying to set boundaries. You feel guilty even the thought of setting boundaries triggers guilt in you. Or after you set a boundary or attempt to set a boundary, you deal a lot with guilty. Again, this is another sign of having unhealthy boundaries. Another is that you change yourself to fit in with others. Like that is me. I am a chameleon that I can do that as a strength of mine, and I can hang and relate to basically anyone at all. I am, I am a chameleon type of a person. But we can do that to our own detriment as well. What I'm talking about here is, what's the crowd doing? 
And even if you have to compromise your own morals and ethics and values, you will bend to fit into that group because you're doing it from a place of man's approval because you fear judgment if you don't. All signs of having unhealthy boundaries is that you can't just be authentically who you are. You don't allow yourself to, to live with your own morals, ethics, and values. Instead, you go to, you bend and you go to an inauthentic version of yourself just to fit in with other people. Another one is that you own other people's problems as your own. You take them on as you're responsible for those things, and you must solve them. Think about the conflict all this can create in your marriage. If this is you, that you're probably you may be hearing this and hearing like this is why we actually have so much conflict in our marriage is because I don't have healthy boundaries in my life and now to our point at the top of the show it is infiltrating within my family and within yeah. my marriage. Yeah. And then one of the last ones is you constantly put other people's needs before your own. That you're constantly doing it and therefore you are exhausted, you are burnt out, you have no time, you have no margin. The sheer thought of going and taking time for yourself triggers a guilt. It triggers a, I can't do that for myself. I would feel so bad and I would feel like so guilty because I'm away from my kids or I'm, or, I'm, or I'm doing anything for myself triggers guilt because it's a sense of I'm not worth that. I'm not able to actually do that for myself. I love that this is following the boundaries episodes or following the mindset episodes that we talked about in previous months because, you know, we talk in there about surrendering and sacrifice. And I think we mentioned in there, we're not talking about sacrificing yourself to the detriment of your own well-being. So boundaries are here so that you can put yourself in a place where you are healthy. Not that you're putting yourself in a place of, I'm the most important person in the world, but that you're in a place where you're healthy. Yeah, exactly. Healthy boundaries are meant to strengthen relationships, not to make you the most important person in the relationship. That has nothing, importance of person has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with health. So we wanted to talk today a little bit about when your spouse won't set a boundary with someone that you feel like they should set a boundary with. And what do you do with that? So the first thing that we want to talk about is, is the community. Well, really the entire thing that we want to talk about is communication. You want to express what you're experiencing from the person that you feel like the boundary should be set with, you know? So if I'm talking to Joel and I'm like, this person over here is doing X, Y, and Z, and I am frustrated. It's affecting our family in this way, you know? If I feel like Joel's the person who should be setting that boundary, but I'm not communicating to him what I'm experiencing from this person or how it is affecting me or how it is affecting our family, how can he even know? I mean, unless he's literally right there observing it and seeing it go down, how does he even know to set a boundary? Yeah, you know, exactly. so we need to have that conversation. Um, and then, you know, maybe he is there and he knows what's going on, but he's just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything. Then, you know, what, what am I experiencing? You know, Hey babe, you know, this thing is going on. This is how it's affecting us, but it seems like you don't want to address it. Or maybe it seems like you don't see what the problem is. 
can you tell me, you know, what are you experiencing? What are you seeing? And open up that conversation. Yeah, so what we're what we're demonstrating and showing here is examples of what healthier communication look like as opposed to getting super frustrated, angry, and attacking your spouse because they won't set a boundary with someone that you feel like they should. Because you and you see that it needs to be done. And your spouse is not wanting to move on it. When you come into difficult conversations, period, going in leading with anger, frustration, defensiveness is the worst thing you can possibly do. You're accusing and you're also making assumptions about the situation. You're not gaining perspective. You're not doing any of the things that we're going to script out here for you or we're going to talk about here is how to enter into what it can be a tough conversation, a difficult conversation. That's why I love what you're starting out here with is you're talking about expressing what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. You're not saying, you're not accusing, you're not assuming, you're not attacking. I'm not setting your reality. You're not setting reality, exactly. You're expressing, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I am experiencing, and this is a great way to start because it helps the other person not feel put on the attack or feel put on the defensive mm-hmm. where now they start to struggle and they start to communicate from a place of stress and this is how we end up in conflict. And that lack of boundary leads to spouse A struggling. Now, as a result, they're struggling with spouse B being toxic in the communication. Now, spouse B is struggling. And how did we get here? Because we never set a healthy boundary where we needed to to begin with. And we also don't have healthy boundaries in our marriage. And now everything about the whole situation is unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that point about not having healthy boundaries in the marriage. Because a healthy boundary in a marriage is going to look like, hey, I don't want you to be talking to me that way. Don't be accusing me. If you have a question for me, if you have a concern please come and talk to me, but I don't want to be spoken to that way, you know? And so, and I think when you think about it, nobody wants to be attacked or accused. So going into these conversations, expressing what you're feeling, and then asking questions to gain perspective of what they are experiencing or what they see. So questions can be something like, what do you think about what I'm sharing? What do you think that we should do about this? And again, you're putting it on what should we do about this? It's not what should you do about this? It's not do I have to take all the responsibility? As a couple, what should we do about this? What's your viewpoint? How do we get resolution together? Yeah, I love this set of questions, especially that last one, because it's so collaborative. Mm -hmm. It's so a, you know, hey, this is where we want to get We've talked through it. You've now expressed how you're viewing the situation. You're expressing how you're seeing it impact the family or the marriage. And let's assume your spouse is now seeing it and seeing your viewpoint and agreeing with you. Now it can be a, how do we get to resolution? Now we're moving forward to actually get closer to going on to set that healthy boundary. So ultimately, what if they still won't set it? What if you have these conversations and the conversations go remarkably well and the spouse is still resistant to setting it or you can't, let's say you can't get on the same page. It's like, what do you do then? Because that can be a place where you can feel stuck. 
angry, yeah. disunities building up. Yeah, super frustrated as well. Yeah. And so let's hit some of the, the keys of what do you do then. So like one of them is that you may need to go set it yourself. Yeah. I mean, if there's a problem. may not feel like it, you should have to, but you may need to do yeah, that. If there's a problem and your spouse isn't setting the boundary, yes, you've got to, there's something you need to work through with your spouse there, but also you still have this issue. So the boundary still needs to be set. So you may need to do it. You may need to seek counseling to better work through these things together. Yeah, these are hard things. And you you just may not have the skill set and you may not have the capacity and the knowledge um, or your marriage may be in a place where it is so hard to have important, serious conversations like that. Well, we need to be able to. And so that's where reaching out for help is so critical. Another thing you, that you may need to do is you may simply need to distance yourself from the person that ideally you would set a healthy boundary with. Because we're not doing it or your spouse isn't doing it, you may need to distance yourself again from that person. Which, well, here's the question. Well, Joel, Mary Beth... What if that person is my spouse? How do I distance myself then? What do I do then? You just lock them in a closet. Precisely. That's what cages are for. If you have an unused cage, the dog kennel coerce them. It's fine. And your spouse loves to eat. Doc, just put like a corn dog in there. Like just lure them in. And then shut it behind him and run. <laughs> this went downhill really fast. You know, there's Ooh. always a moment like this. I know we go from like all this heavy, serious information that makes people want to cry to then we're <laughs> talking about locking up our spouse with a corn dog. <laughs> but but that's that may be where you're at right now is you're thinking about like you're thinking about your spouse. Yeah. And that that's actually the person that you you need healthy boundaries with the most. And it's like, well, what do you do then? Because you can't distance yourself from your... Well, you can. And I know a lot of married couples that actually do and have distanced themselves. But if you want a healthy marriage... Yeah, exactly. That's where seeking outside counsel and help is so critical. If you don't, or if your spouse is resistant, this is a whole different topic and a whole different episode we're not getting in today. But I will touch on this really quick. You have to then summon a sense of selflessness, dying to self, and service um, that is at another level. Because you are now choosing to be in a marriage that you are very not unified on something very, very important, or your marriage has unhealthy boundaries all over the place. That Again, that's not what this episode is about, but if that's where you're at, like do some research, go online and get some strategies of how to help yourself in that situation. You know, another one is that you need to continue to talk through this stuff together. Ideally, we need to be able to communicate. We need to be able to continue to talk through this stuff. And even if a boundary isn't being set and we have to create distance, we still need to talk about it. We still need to be able to say, you know what? It's like, so we really don't want distance. I know we don't. I know you don't want distance like with your friend. I don't want either, but that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to stay that way. What do we need to do? How can we figure this out about how to have a, a closer, better relationship and not just have distance? Because I know they're struggling too because we're not spending time with them. Continue to talk through these kinds of things together. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what not to do when your spouse is not setting a healthy boundary. First of all, 
you know, we talked about this, but attacking and accusing is going to get you nowhere. Belittling them. Oh, it'll get you somewhere. <laughs> it'll get you. It'll get you put in the in the crate <laughs> in the cage. That's where it'll get you put. <laughs> it's not going to get you closer together. <laughs> no. Um, just you know, don't be toxic. D- don't go to toxic places. Don't belittle. Don't be passive aggressive. Don't guilt trip or shame them or shame them. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Because it's like, think about what you're doing. You're guilting, belittling your spouse into setting a healthy boundary with someone else. They need to be setting it with you. And then they need to go set it with the person they need to set it with. But if you're doing that stuff, you don't have healthy boundaries in your marriage and you have got to recognize that because that's the bigger problem not setting healthy boundaries with people outside the marriage yeah so let's get on to the topic of how do we set healthy boundaries eight hours later (laughs) eight hours later feels like eight hours later so how do we what's point number one well let's think through and clarify what your boundary or your limit is okay so Maybe you want to ask yourself some questions. What's making me uncomfortable? Why is that making me uncomfortable or uneasy? And then a question, and this is one that I feel like I've had to ask myself a lot, is am I overreacting? Am I the problem myself? Yes, this person is doing these things, but is it truly that big of a deal? Or do you need to just let it go? Because let's remember, nobody's perfect. Is it something worthy of setting a boundary? And if it is, okay, then let's go ahead and and clarify what the boundary needs to be. But if not, we need to move on. So what do I want to see change? And so when you know those things, and when you've thought through those things, then you're ready to start kind of preparing in your mind how to set this boundary. Yeah, you're getting on those are all great perspective gaining questions to get to what is the boundary that I want to communicate? What's the limit, the constraint that I want to put in place? So key number two is to prepare to communicate your boundary. Uncommunicated boundaries don't exist. Uncommunicated healthy boundaries are only in your head. Healthy boundaries are always communicated in some way. Otherwise, you are assuming stuff and it's not going to go well, and then you're going to struggle, and you're going to end up in that place of like, well, they should just know. It doesn't work. You have to take the responsibility to communicate the boundary, and this is one of the hardest parts. So one of the sub points here is that you need to do when you're preparing to communicate your boundary is anticipate responses based on what you know about the person. This isn't to psych yourself out. This is to to start to think through, okay, what do I know about the person This is probably what's going to happen. So when they do respond in that way, you're not caught off guard and you don't immediately go to a place of feeling guilty or feeling like you're hurting that person or you go to a place of anger. Well, and this also helps you to determine how firm or how gentle the boundary can be based on what you know of that person. Another thing to do is don't try to plan for every single contingency. With a prepared rebuttal. That will psych you out. It will, because you're going to go to perfectionistic thinking. Well, what if they do that? What if I do this? What if they do this? What if they do that? That is not the goal. The goal is going to set the boundary. And then what and what happens if they if the response, here come the responses or here comes the pushback, what are you going to do? 
set it again. You can simply repeat yourself. So another thing to do is to prepare your introduction to help your boundary be received well, is to prepare it. Sometimes it's good to just be like, no, that's the boundary. You've just set it. Other times it's good to prepare and lead in to a conversation because it helps someone receive it well. So that there's one thing you can do. It's called teeing things up. So it can be like, hey, uh, Mary Beth, um, you know, sometimes I know like giving feedback is is really difficult to re- for me to give, um, or sometimes it it can be it can be difficult. Um, but I've got something that I want to share with you, and like this is kind of a messy tee up. But I'm trying to let the person know that hey, I have something I want to say. It's important. Get ready. Be ready. And now the person can, they're probably going to stress a little bit, but now they know, okay, Joel has something important he wants to say to me. And it doesn't sound really great because it isn't really great. Yeah, It's a boundary that you're trying to say. So there's a lot of different introductions you can come up with, but you come up with how do I enter into the conversation to help it land so that it doesn't quote unquote, put the person on the defensive. Yeah. The first few seconds of setting that boundary and that hard conversation, the first few seconds can set the tone for the rest of it. So if you come in all Hot. guns blazing, <laughs> it's it's going to set the tone for them to defend themselves, and it's not going to be a well-set boundary. Yeah, Don't start it with jerk. <laughs> Good advice for everybody. Don't do that. So here's a caveat to this advice, though. The best prepared introduction may not matter depending on how much the other person struggles with stuff. Yeah, that's true. It may not matter if you come in because it may be perceived as fear or passivity and you're coming in gentle and that person struggles with victim mentality or control enough and it may not matter how you introduce it. They aren't going to respond well, period. You probably know people like that in your life. You might be married to someone who actually is is that way. Uh, Remember, some people are going to respond poorly. I mean, you just said this. They're going to respond poorly regardless of how you communicate. That is not your fault. It is not on you. So don't receive their toxic response and go, oh gosh, I shouldn't set that boundary No, it's okay. You can set a boundary. It's perfectly acceptable for you to set a boundary. Yeah, and also, if you know you're setting a boundary with a controlling person, anticipate them making you out to be the bad guy. Just know that's probably going to come. You know people well enough. Again, be careful of assumptions. Wait for it to happen. Don't lead with, you're probably going to make me the bad guy when I do this, but hey, I'm over this thing right here that you're doing. That is you a boundary, don't have to do a preemptive not a healthy strike. one. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But you can wait for it to happen, and now you know, like, oh, yep, there it is. They're making me out to be the bad guy. That is not your fault. You've anticipated that unhealthy response coming from that person, but what is your fault and what is your responsibility is how you then respond to that. All right, so the third step in how to set a healthy boundary is to communicate it directly, kindly, and clearly. Even if it's firm, it can still be kind. 
So we're going to move on to how to set or how they sound. How do these healthy boundaries sound? So Joel, you want to give us some, some scripts that we can use? Yeah. So here's, here's one. Hey, thanks for your viewpoint, but we've made our decision. Um, that can feel harsh to some people. Um, and it can be a moderately, but you know, it's, it doesn't, you know, we're scripting it out. Make these work for you. Put them in your own words. You're probably going to get the point of this, but this is a boundary of someone that's continuing to give their opinion and views on things and you're done. You're, you've, you're making the decision. You don't welcome any more information and you can say something like, Hey, thanks for your viewpoint, but we've made our decision. Another one is, hey, thanks for your idea, but we're going to decide this as a couple and we're going to take some time to discuss this. But thanks for your idea. Yeah. That's a, that's a boundary. Another boundary is this isn't something I'm willing to discuss or this isn't something I'm willing to discuss with you. <laughs> you can leave out the with you. Yeah. That makes it personal. Yep. Another is, hey, please don't do that or say that. Is that I see it as unhelpful. Please don't do that. I've had to set that boundary. Yeah. Is please don't do that. It does this and it's not helpful. Yeah. I've had to set that one. And again, these can be gently done or they can be firmly set if that's what you need to do based on who you're communicating with. Yeah. Uh, please ask me next time. What would you like me to ask you? Uh, nothing. That's just, I'm setting you, I'm setting a boundary. I oh, want you man. to ask me next time. Don't just do things, Joel. Just yeah. ask. Another example of a healthy boundary is don't make fun of the big hammer. If you know West Wing, you'll know that one. It's a, another example of a boundary is, what is it? The whole so complicated one of? No. Or in Spanish, no. Nine. Niet. Nay. That's Croatian, by the way. I know that one. Actually, I don't know that one. We had to look it up. You know, and a thing about setting the boundary of no is that how often do we feel like we have to apologize when we set the boundary so on sorry, no, or, no or we have to explain it? Yeah. Or we feel like we owe an explanation because no just feels so mean or harsh. Yeah. But sometimes no is a perfectly reasonable healthy boundary that you're setting. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like depending on the person, if you have a great relationship with a person and you just sort of like, nope, can't do it, that's probably enough. But also, that's probably also the person that you could be like, nope, can't do it. You know, we've got this stuff going on over here. And again, it's going to be received well. When you have the toxic person, I feel like when you give them the explanation, that opens the door for them to be like, well, you can change that. You can do this. You're so right. And then you're going to end, what do you end up in? A, a tit for tat, back and forth. Debate, debate argument. Or whatever. It's, it's so obnoxious. And you've lost it. Yeah. You've now lost your boundary. Yeah. So rather than, and what you can do to recover, reset the healthy boundary. You know what? I'm so sorry. The answer is no. The answer is no. We're going to make that decision on our own. Or no, this is just not a topic I want to get into. Yeah, but, but you know, this is blah, blah, blah. You know what? This isn't a topic that I'm willing to get into. But, you know, but this is, you need to know this. this I'm so sorry. This isn't a topic that I'm willing to get into. 
Yeah. Let's that, move on. That brings us to our final keys, which is it is okay to repeat your boundary verbatim. Just keep setting the boundary as much as needed until that person understands the the boundary, until they get it. Yeah, exactly. And again, controlling people hate this. Controlling people hate when boundaries are set with them. Because if they're in a moment of wanting to control, you are no longer allowing them to. And they will feel even more out of control and they may ratchet up their controlling communication. So be it. If you've got to walk away, you've got to walk away if the person is being that toxic and that unhealthy. Another final key here is that sometimes it takes time and repetition for someone to get it. Sometimes it may be a you have to repeat it multiple times for them to really get the message and to understand it, or it takes repetition of a boundary because you can set a boundary with certain personality types and three months later, you have to set it again. Well, you can get, if you struggle, you can get to a place of like, well, we set, we already said this. Why are they doing that again? And you know the person in your life, guys, that that's that, that person. You have to sometimes go set it again because certain personality styles will forget it or they're going to come and test the waters again to see if they're able to now do the thing that they want to do. You know, and we're, we're having this whole boundary setting episode here. But the thing is, if you are a person who has not been setting boundaries with somebody, the first time you set a boundary with them, it is going to take them off guard. And it, it may or may not be received well, depending on the person. But the fact is, if you've not been a person who sets boundaries, you probably are going to have to do it multiple times because they probably don't realize how serious you are. Yeah, exactly. They don't. They just don't know that to be your pattern. They don't know that to be your behavior. And so they have to learn. They have to experience that enough times from you. So if you are being made out to be the bad guy or you're being guilted in the moment, you know, we talked about this. Don't receive it. Just repeat your boundary if you need to. Yeah, you may set a boundary and then here comes information. Here comes guilt trip. Here comes a controlling thing. That is when you can be taken off. That is when you can be pulled into something in that because the controlling person wants to control and they want to win. The more you can practice seeing that, the more you can go right to your boundary and just simply repeat it again as we've already already shared. One of the last final keys is don't shift your boundaries on how you communicate them. Don't shift it around. Don't back off and soften it. Be consistent with your boundary. So for instance, like let's just as, as parents, let's say your kids keep coming into your into your bedroom and you will and you will be like, don't do that. And it's like, please don't do that, and this is why. You need to knock before you enter. And then you start to change it. Or you actually aren't consistent with it. And you start letting the kids come in. And then after a while you're you're pissed off again. You're angry again. And then what do you, now what have you done? You haven't held consistent to your healthy boundary and now your child is confused and they don't actually know. But in the context of this episode is don't shift your boundaries with your family and your friends because it can look like as well that you're softening your position or that you're backing off of it. Certain personality types will exploit that. They will take advantage of that and they will take that, they will assume 
that they can now go back and do the thing that they were doing before. Because here's the thing, just because you set a healthy boundary and now you have a more civil relationship with that person doesn't mean that they like it. They're just choosing to comply because they realize you're holding to your healthy boundary. But they, in their mind, are keeping that information and, and they're alive and they're judging and they still disagree with you and they don't like what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, you start to back off or soften or shift your boundary and here they come because they haven't forgotten the thing that you set a boundary on three months ago, especially if it was super duper important. Hopefully that all makes sense. Again, setting healthy boundaries is a critical life skill to keep yourself, your marriage, and your family healthy. Amen. So guys, if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you're enjoying this podcast and you enjoyed this episode, rate and review it wherever you listen. As always, it helps other fostering families and marriages find it. And follow us on Facebook at Fostering Marriage. We hope, as always, this has been super helpful for you. Join us on the next episode of the Fostering Marriage Podcast. Podcast.